Welcome back to the Learn With Lowell show. Hope everyone's doing well. If you're not, or if you are, you know, feel free to message me. I'm always happy to hear from people who are listening in and, you know, let me know what you'd like to hear and, and see and learn. Uh, one, one listener said that they'd like to hear more about people talk about um, how they get past the low points as they build companies and just navigate life. And I think that's something we're going to talk about in the future. But today we have Corinne, one of the founders of Psych Insights. It's uh, something that integrates with Slack, lets managers and uh, team members understand each other from an empathetic point of view, you know, really understand, you know, how do you talk to people? What's the best way to interact? That type of thing. It puts the feeling in remote teams. She has a fantastic blog series on these topics. And with, you know, the world going remote with COVID this year, really quite timely. They, you know, as as you can see by the fact that they've closed up a million dollar race. So in this in this episode, we get into, you know, her backstory, what they're building, the importance of it, and a lot of really interesting topics. So, you know, stay tuned. Let's just get into it. And, you know, feel free to leave a review and let me know what you think. The first question I have for you is... Um, what what got you into remote? Like what what got you into remote type technology and just in, in general? For sure. I think it was um well, okay. The stupid answer is that I don't have my driver's license. Like I'm 21 <laughs> and completely inept. So anything that requires a commute is going to be difficult. I also mm-hmm. live in LA, which is completely like a driver's city. And so if I want to work, I need to figure out how to get my laptop to be my main method of transportation. Um, and so yeah, that was kind of the main driver. And then in college, I like joined this remote startup that was essentially helping you tutor English to kids in China. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seemed pretty like straightforward. I just hop on Zoom, I teach them like ABCs, and then I I get 30 bucks for an hour. Um, And so that was kind of my first exposure to remote, but that had its own suite of problems. And that spiraled into what I'm working on now. Uh, Was it like italki, the thing that you, you did where you did Zoom? Zoom uh, tutoring? Uh, it's called like, it's called like Bold ABC. I think it's like mm-hmm. a much smaller operation. I think they have like operations in like Shanghai and stuff. Okay. I've tried italki before when I've tried learning languages. Uh, I can't oh. learn languages for some reason. I tried learning Mandarin. Um, I like it. I just, I never have time. That's a hard one. Yeah. I'm going from yeah, English. A, you, picked to, a, you picked a doozy. Yeah. Apparently English to Mandarin is the worst. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. People tell yeah. me that every time I bring it up. I mean, I can't even speak Mandarin. I, I speak Cantonese, but that's just completely like just because grandparents and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's definitely just the sounds themselves are very, very different. And so, um, yeah, you you picked a hard one for sure. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it's just like the community around it. It's like uh, in anything you learn, if there's like a group of people. And so um, like I talk to you and stuff like that, it's pretty nice because then you can talk to other people. I was just kind of reading textbooks yeah. on it because I was like, oh, this language is interesting. Um I hear so much about China, so sure. might as well like, was, learn more about the languages. Yeah, this was definitely different, though. I think I was teaching, like, elementary school kids, and they wanted to learn, like, oh, English. Okay. They wanted to learn it at, like, an AP literature kind of level of, like, English. Like, they were going pretty hardcore. Um, and so I'm an English major. I was like, sure, I'll, I'll teach your seven-year-old, like, Lore of the Flies if you want me to. Um, that, yeah. That's a good book to, to learn English on. <laughs> It's very, very hopeful book. Um, teaches you to respect sure. people and listen to what names they like to be called and stuff like that. Um, yeah. We never did find out what Piggy's real name was. He 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 tried telling us like one <laughs> time. Um, the Rest are you? Peace. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, are, do you uh, do you do a lot of book reading? Or I know you do a lot of um, you know blog writing and uh, writing in general, but are, do, you, do you sit down and read books or are you more like an article journal publication type person? Uh, so I, I, okay, I wanna say yes, but the truth is, is that I always have like five things on my nightstand and then I slowly get through them over the mm-hmm. course of a month. Um, normally like I, I read leadership books just a lot faster just because I have to like kind of convert that into blog content but like I have a bunch of fiction like I've been reading Ted Chiang and his short mm-hmm. fiction I've been reading like Kazuo Ishiguro and like I'm halfway through the half buried giant and so I'm really excited about that one um, it's just like I love fiction it's honestly I wanted to be a writer when I first like went to UCLA and so that's my primary passion but I just don't really have the time Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's probably an excuse. I, I spend all my time on Animal Crossing and Netflix right now and not reading <laughs> books like I should be. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's the well, truth there. I think as long as you read like a, a chapter a night, you'll you'll still finish a couple of books every year. That's that's still pretty For good. Sure. Yeah. 
yeah. What are the leadership books that you read? Have you like checked out Traction or anything like that? Or we, oh, that sounds like a good one. We're reading Brene Brown right now. It was mm -hmm. recommended by like executive coaches and stuff. So I was like, oh, I'll dive in. And she's really, really accessible. I think she really translates these like concepts that seem really kind of far away. Like, oh, what does it mean to be like a leader? Blah. Um, into like research based, like story based kind of um, narrative. So it's mm -hmm. really interesting. Yeah. Uh, traction is a good series that, I mean, there's like two different books on traction, but there's one that's about the uh, EOS model, which is basically just a way to huh. entrepreneurs can um, set up their company to kind of be metric based in terms of how they analyze things. It's really cool. I, I like it. It's kind of uh, that in addition to Scrum Agile, I think is a really powerful framework for things. Um, do you, for sure. I do think you, like I'm still kind of averse to just the idea of leadership books. Maybe it's just because mm. my dad has like this whole like shelf full of just like self-help books. Um, he, he acknowledges that he needs help and just like, he's always just been reading them. So I've associated that with like being an adult and it makes me very sad um, <laughs> in a lot of ways. I know it'll help me in the long run, but it, yeah, I just, I want, I want to read them. I know I should, but I, I still feel like I should be reading more fiction. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, a good balance of both. Uh, fiction is kind of creativity and then nonfiction is kind of like, oh, they're both like good for you. I, um, for sure. I, like my background, I, I don't even know this. Like, I grew up on a farm. And so I, I'm actually oh. surprised how often that is applied to things. Like as I interact with people, it's like, you kind of remind me of an animal that really? I had to deal with. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's really funny. <laughs> it's like, you remind That's, me of this animal. Uh, that... Do you actually say that to them? No, I think it though. And I was like, you remind me of this animal that I had to take care of. Like there's like um uh one of my brothers we had to like lead cows from point a to point b and they would like try and like make them do what they want what they wanted to do and the cows would like start like dragging them and stuff right and i would okay. kind of like get the cow to want to come with me and the cow would be a happier cow and it wouldn't like you know take my arm off and so there's like lots wow. of stuff like that um and when you talk with people about you know you can try to force them to do something but if you work with them to you know align their interests with it they'll be more likely to do it even better than how you can think of it um for sure. Yeah. So That's like the self-help books, it's just kind of like um, the, I, I don't know, you can draw information from anything. It's basically the point I'm trying to get at. Um, so it could be self-help yeah. books. It could just be, you know, fiction. It can be nonfiction. Biographies are pretty cool too. I don't know if you've read um, oh, yes. Ben Franklin. Super cool. I have not. I've heard a lot of people mentioning that one, like, like biography though. Definitely interesting. Yeah. yeah. Franklin by Isaacson, I think you'd really love, especially since you do a lot of okay. uh, outreach and writing. And he was a writer and he did those types of things. He was kind of a, a an interesting guy. Um, For sure. Are there, um, are there, uh, are there things that you think you're particularly great at? Like, are there the, like the, the things that you, you would like, you, you'd uh, want people to trust your abilities in, like their, their lives on um, it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, imposter syndrome always holds my tongue yeah. for these kinds of questions. Cause like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm good at this thing. And then it's like, no, you're not. But um, I will say that like, I do think that I, I do pride myself on my writing. It's something that I've worked really hard on and something that I, I definitely hang my hat on a lot. It's it's the one task that's just always fun. It very much feels like playing in a sandbox. And I also feel like, like I don't know, the validation that you get from it and also just how you're able to improve and improve other people's lives. It just, it's a very rewarding experience. So I want to say that I'm, I'm good at that. Um, I also think that I'm just good at communication I feel like like an English major helps your entire major is just about like arguing and talking to people that's kind mm -hmm. of like <laughs> the entirety of it and mm -hmm. so you just get very good at having conversations with folks and it's surprising how that is a very like um underrated perhaps like skill when it comes to business like so much of my job hasn't really just been like writing blog posts or sending like cold LinkedIn outreach is the conversations that we have with customers and the conversations we have with potential users just trying to learn about the problem space and so if you can just talk to people connect to people and actually listen to what people need it's surprising how far you can get with just that basic skill set mm -hmm. no I, I wouldn't that's I think that's a critical skill set that a lot of people overlook um, and so it's good sure. that you you've been like slowly uh, building that in yourself and for everyone listening in like definitely uh, I'll have links for for uh, her writing it is it's, it is very good um oh, you're very nice <laughs> uh, uh is there, um are there areas that you're 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 currently trying to get you know better at or that you you think that you're gonna spend the next year um improving on in particular 
Yes. So I think, well, when it comes to communication, I think I just really need to work on active listening. I get so excited about my own ideas that I'm just kind of like holding onto them and waiting to raise my hand. But when we do that, it's not really like you're actually like connecting and giving the other person space. So definitely working on that and trying to figure out like, what did this person actually say to me? And is what I'm saying relevant to what they care about? Um, that's kind of the big ongoing thing that I'm working on. And as we're hiring with Psych, it's going to be even more important for like building out our relationships, making sure all our teammates feel learned or heard and like paid attention to. I think that's going to be really, really important. For my writing itself, I think like, God, like the the blank page and just kind of the procrastination, like I say that my best writing happens between the hours of like 10 p.m. and 1 a.m., but that's just because I spend all that time before that just kind of like, I don't know what I do. I think I'm like panicking. It's usually, usually procrastination is based on anxiety. So it's like panicking and kind of procrastinating doing, doing other things. So I just really need to work on the actual like creative process of making sure that I can create consistent content. And I think that's going to be the most rewarding thing for my long-term writing. Mm -hmm. for sure. well, uh, if anyone lis uh, listening has some ideas on, on, on how you've uh, overcome that type of procrastination, you know, definitely uh, uh, send an email, a couple of ideas that I have before sure. we move on. Um, I, I found that if you try to just write two crappy pages, like if, if that's your objective, it makes it really easy versus like trying to write like the Mona Lisa, uh, or like, you know, war and peace, like it makes it a little easier yeah. in terms of achievement. And For then sure. um, whenever I feel like I haven't done anything, I was like, what, let me do something like five minutes. What could I do? And then I'll, I'll end up mm -hmm. just, you know, spend the next 30 minutes, like finishing what I, I tried the last three hours thinking about how to do if I, I get stuck in that way. Yeah. So those are, those are two things that I think are pretty cool. Like try to make, try to make a really shitty first draft. And then um, if you ever get stuck, just be like, I'll, I'll do five more minutes. And then see what I can do. Definitely. And like both those things, like it, it, it really makes a big difference, especially the, it's always yeah. surprising what you can do in five minutes. I, I love that just because it makes things so much more manageable. I think like I'm, I'm definitely have like or perfectionist tendencies. And so I'm always like, oh, it needs to be good on the first go when I mean, all writing is editing. So mm -hmm. why? <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Really good tips. And please do share your tips because like I would love I love productivity tips. It's just fantastic. Mm hmm. In, the, um, in terms of the imposter syndrome, have you, I, I imagine you're still on the full swing of things, but have you found a way to overcome that or, in, or get in the process of overcoming it? Because I think a lot of people, like, it's like, it, it's like a, definitely like something you have to get, I don't know if you ever really get over it fully, but like, how, how are you managing and uh, um, affecting change on that? I think like talking about it more really nips it in the bud. Like mm -hmm. I think my um, Techstars was nice enough to sign us all up for executive coaching, which is something very strange. Like I'm, I'm 21 years old and I have my own executive coach. Like that's, um, yes, <laughs> interesting to say out loud. But uh, one of the big things was just to name it to tame it. So like figuring out exactly, there's several different kinds of imposter syndrome out there and really figuring out like I have the superhero variety that makes me feel like if I don't work super, super hard, then I'm not worth it. Like I have, I have constantly feel the need to improve myself. Like if I'm not the first one in and the last one out, then I feel like I don't belong there. Mm. Um, and just kind of acknowledging that this is a type that like tons of people also have and that they're also struggling with. And this, this isn't just something in my head and mm. that it's a irrational kind of thought process. Really figuring that out has been kind of like this big aha moment because then I can be like, oh my God, like, this is not just me actually being worthless or whatever my IS is telling me that I am. It's just me dealing with this thing that makes us human, like another part about being human. And what can I do to like kind of combat that irrational thought? Maybe I can offer like rational ideas of like, hey, like all my teammates like me. Nobody thinks that you're worthless, Kareem. Like you're, you're contributing. Every single client we have is because I started a conversation, like all these different sort of examples of my work and then it kind of lifts up a little bit of that irrationality and lets it flutter away a little mm -hmm. bit um, so that's been helping but it's definitely a process and it comes in waves and it comes right back and mm -hmm. a whole cycle process thing one thing that might be interesting to try out um is to bring it into the medium that you're really strong in so like writing down those thoughts mm -hmm. like um for uh, sure journaling the, has been fantastic yeah yeah because that's like that's like your definitely. um that's like your uh, gladiator ring. That's where you're great at. So if you bring it into that realm, not only do you get it out of your brain, which is like where a lot of the echo chamber weirdness can be going on, but it, then it puts into a spot sure. where you're like, you're like the champion. Yeah, um, definitely. And yeah, journaling, meditation, all those different things, like 
I could not praise them enough. They actually really help you kind of give space for your thoughts and really sort out that mind spaghetti going on. Um, mind so, spaghetti. Yeah, I love definitely. That. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what my I, sister says. No, it, it, it's great. And it sounds like a Slipknot song or um, sp the spaghetti song. Like, I don't know, there's a song where like they say spaghetti. Someone listening is going to make fun of me. But there's a song like they say spaghetti and it's like rock music or something. But what are um? If this podcast isn't playing that spaghetti song in the background as we're having this conversation, <laughs> I'll be kind of disappointed. We'll, yeah, I have to get sure. the rights to it. I feel like I'd have to call the person. Um, is there are there good books or resources they recommend for people to identify the seven types in themselves and uh, um, work through it? I, I don't know about books, but she did send me this sort of PDF that I could probably, I think if you just look up types of imposter syndrome, okay. you should be able to find it. It's like, there's like a superhero variety. There's like the perfectionist variety. Mm -hmm. There's like a bunch of different kinds. And once you realize like, it's not just that I feel like a fraud because like that maybe isn't even how my IS presents itself. Maybe I just feel like I'm not enough for XYZ reason, or mm -hmm. maybe I show these symptoms or behaviors for XYZ reason. It really starts you start to realize you're not as special as you think you are and that your behaviors are kind of following this like set path of anxieties and it makes you feel a lot less alone for sure. Awesome. The, um, in terms of uh, your work at Psych, is there, what, uh, what's your role going to be? I, I think other than just founder with you and the two other people, I don't think people have role titles, but it seems like you're kind of like the sales marketing-ish person. I don't know. For sure. Uh, I mean, you know, startups, everybody wears a lot of hats and stuff, yeah. but I will say that like Sid, Andrew and I are able to divide roles pretty, pretty well. So Andrew handles all of like engineering and product. Um, I handle everything like sales, customer acquisition and marketing. Mm -hmm. And Sid handles like everything else in the pizza pie, like <laughs> fundraising, hiring, um, being a CEO, all that, all that jazz. Mm -hmm. um, and so we work really well because we have our own little camps and we also like involve each other's camps. But yeah, my role, by the way, has changed a lot. In the beginning, it was a lot of like trying to figure out customer acquisition. We we acquired and we have acquired and we continue to acquire all of our customers through cold LinkedIn outreach. Mm -hmm. And yes, we have LinkedIn premium, but that's basically it. So my job is to kind of like send out uh, a cold connection request being like, hi, I am Kareen. I am a co-founder. Please talk to us. And it's surprising, like surprisingly, a lot of people do like um, so we've perfected kind of that process. So that's like one big branch of it. And then everything of like getting on these Zoom calls, kind of like we we talk like through a customer interview kind of is our qualifying process. We, we continue to add that to our research. And we also just try to learn about the space in general of just like, hey, XYZ from SurveyMonkey, from Mode, from like um, FibFat or FabFitFun, FibFat. <laughs> um, like what is remote work for you? What are you struggling with? And it's crazy how after you do 500 of those, everybody starts to echo each other. It's like, mm -hmm. I am struggling with relationship building. I feel really isolated. I feel like my manager doesn't quite understand me. And that all meshes together to be like, it's really hard to be human and be on Zoom and convey that you're human over Zoom. Mm -hmm. And um, how do you build those relationships in a remote setting? And so just like kind of tying together our customer acquisition with our customer discovery has been a really like great strategy for us. It's helped mm -hmm. us gain all of our customers, turn those customers into partners and build our product on top of that. Um, so that's kind of the whole customer act angle. And then I also do marketing. It's kind of the newer branch, but like I write all the blog posts. I like post a lot on LinkedIn. Sorry to all my followers who always see my content. I apologize. Yes. And um, newsletter, we started up a newsletter. I'm sure um, Lowell, you can share like a link and stuff, but we're starting to build that up. We love Mailer Light. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the main branches of my role. I, mm -hmm. I keep busy. Yeah. Awesome. Have you read the 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing? No. I, oh, it's I a good book. Like I, uh, I don't know. It's like a, a small little book. It's a, it's a pretty good thing. It, it, um, that instead of having to get a degree, like that pretty much says, it's a, it's a really good uh, synthesis. I recommend it. Right. I'll have it I'm in the show notes. I'll send it to you. On, okay. <laughs> no, you can look Fantastic. it up too. It's great. Uh, I do it. Yeah, I, I've that's just what, looked it up. Yeah. That's why I have a, a tab system open just so I can look things up while people are talking. Um, the, are, are you going to be a part of the hiring? I know uh, Psych is doing, is, is looking for some, some new people. Yeah, so we're looking for two engineers and one kind of sales marketing intern. And so I'm definitely more involved on like the non-technical role aspect of that, but we've already written out our job descriptions. You can find it at psychinsights.com slash careers. Um, and yeah, I'll be involved with like the doing um, kind of like the initial like uh, qualifying of 
like the leads that we get and just really excited to bring on a new teammate. Mm -hmm. um, it's been the three of us for like the last year. So it'll be really exciting to kind of grow um, and help other people. Yeah. Find us. Makes sense. And then you can start, um, this is a horrible phrase. I don't know who started it, but it's like eating your own dog food. You can start using your own technology that you've been developing to make sure you're listening and, and uh, taking care of the people on your team. It's, I, the yeah, people being, were telling me that's a phrase. I don't Kona like it. Kona is a dog. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's weirdly appropriate just because Kona, our, our product is like, has a dog mascot. Mm. And so it's like, we're eating our own dog's food perhaps, but yeah, we definitely can. The, the check-ins, honestly, the check-ins have been really, really helpful. Like to be perfectly honest, 2020 has been really, really rough. Um, and it's just so hard to be human right now. And so hard to just like, yes, we're doing startup and yes, that's like difficult, but outside of that, it's just so difficult to like deal with like, like I've, I lost a member of our family like two weeks ago and like dealing with that. And like, just I, my friends are going through breakups and different dealing with that. And all these different things that are just all coming all at us all at once, people not being able to see their families, people not being able to hang out during Thanksgiving. And so like, our product has something as simple as like a check-in, like, how are you doing? How are you feeling red, yellow, green? And we've added a new mood spectrum to add a little bit more nuance to that. But like just being asked how you're doing and signposting that to your Slack, it's amazing how much that changes because suddenly it's like my manager actually cares to know how I'm doing and they will care enough to like adjust how they manage me based off of what I need. Um, that is just fantastic. Like I, I can mark myself as red and I will know that my teammates will support me regardless of whether or not I'm okay or not. And that in itself helps you feel more okay. It helps you like get through the roughest patches of whatever you're going through. So yeah. Makes sense. And I'm sorry for your loss. Um, the, are there, are there particular examples of, of, as you were talking to all these companies or the reason why you guys founded Psych that illustrate the, the power of uh, EQ leadership like this? Like, is there like examples that people have of like, it could be a horror story of like, you know, uh, that I don't negative EQ or something like that, or, um, or uh, any of the things that you guys think of as you're building it to um, as energy as for why you're building it. For sure. So I think like uh, my brain goes in a bunch of different directions there, but just, I think part of our qualifying process is that we're looking to sell Febreze to clean freaks. So we want to find a manager that already gets that EQ is a thing. And it's amazing how quickly you can find that out just by talking to somebody over Zoom. If they do not have high EQ, unfortunately, it's going to be a very dry conversation. It's going to be a lot of like, oh, my biggest concern right now is the output of my team. And it's crazy when said out loud how um, transactional that sounds and how especially given 2020 circumstances, almost how cold that sounds. Like even, the, even though that's technically a manager's like role, a lot of our most fun conversations have come from conversations where the manager is truly like, hey, like I, I do these Zoom hangouts. I like send my, send my people these Grubhub discount cards, not just because it's like fun or nice to do, but because it just helps us bond. And I, I truly believe in the, in the power of like building trust and building relationships and how that can propel a team forward. Like guiding a happy cow rather than guiding a, we shouldn't be calling our employees cows, but you get the, the reference from earlier in the farming kind of thing. Um, so the idea of, yeah, just like those conversations themselves really, really important. Sorry, what were you saying, Lil? No, I, I agree. It's the, uh, people have a, cows have very bad PR because <laughs> the, the domesticated ones are very, you know, uh, they've been domesticated. The ones in the wild were very smart. Um, like turkeys, turkeys used to be really smart. But... Some of them, yeah, some of them are fuzzy too. Like the fuzzy cows always astonish me. Um, I've seen pictures on my Instagram reel or whatever. They're like, if it look like you can dig your hands and just like yeah. get them lost. Like, have you ever, yeah. have you ever like, so you've never, I don't know. LA, I imagine doesn't really have that many animals outside of like deer and coyotes. Um, so no, yeah, so, no. So you've probably like never seen turkeys or anything like that. I've seen a few turkeys actually in the Bay area, surprisingly, um, just kind of walking around parks, but okay. it's not like I've walked up and pet them. I don't think they would like yeah, that very much. Yeah. Wild turkeys are fierce. The domesticated ones will drown themselves if you're not careful. Uh, you have to put okay. marbles in the their watering dish because they'll shove their head entirely in it and just keep drinking and they won't realize any air. I don't. Sometimes I don't know what to time. do with this information, but yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, <Wow. I> know, <laughs> right. Oh God. <laughs> uh, okay. Super interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a it's a tangent. Um, but I, I'm, yes. I'm curious. I think 
yeah sorry coming right back but I had one other point and it was just like it's tragic to see what happens when you have like a low EQ manager and what happens to their entire team like it yeah. does not take very long for people to start to lose sight of the vision lose sight of like why am I here why am I working alone at my desk in like my own bedroom um what what am I doing this all for and if a manager isn't able to connect with that person it's very quickly that remote work becomes isolating it becomes super transactional and you essentially lose all your teammates. Like retention becomes a huge issue for these companies. Um, we've seen it firsthand. Unfortunately, like we've had conversations with teammates that are like actively searching for roles and or just like leaving very rapidly after they thought that the role would be a fit for them because it just lacks that culture. Um, and it's funny because we've always thought of culture as maybe something squishy, something as like a ping pong table, a like salad bar, but really like culture is what keeps people there and at the end of the day culture doesn't require really fancy bells and whistles it requires um a team that really from the top down and bottom up values their people um and how well you're able to convey that through your values etc um but oh my god i had a now i'm just thinking about turkeys drowning them sorry i'll stop tangenting <laughs> you're good <laughs> the, there um there's a good book called work work rules which is really digs into this is kind of what google did but i, I like it because a lot of the ideas in there have been ones that i've been experimenting with but it's it's um culture is what people stay for like they could be really excited for an idea That's and a mission but if you don't have a good team if you don't you know enjoy working together like i have like a firm no jerk policy like no one's allowed to be a jerk sure. um that's like i'm not allowed to be a jerk like that I, it needs to be a double a two-way street like if i was in a if i'm in a leadership position and I'm being a jerk that day. I want people to tell me, hey, Lowell, you're kind of coming off in a weird way. It's like, oh, my, my bad. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it needs to, like a good work culture allows the manager or the the person in that role, um, a t like the feedback to improve. And then when you give the feedback, they'll be there to hear it and know that you care. Like no one, like the, no one, I can't think of a time where someone gave me feedback and I, I for, like if someone, if you don't care about someone, right? And they've never made an effort to care about you. And someone says, you suck. It's like, okay, that's interesting. And then you just go on with your day, right? <laughs> that's like, if someone cuts you off in traffic, like you don't care, but if someone cares about it. It's like, Hey, yeah. you know, you're, you're kind of struggling at these things. I'd love to help you out. It's like, okay, you know, I, I didn't notice that, but as you're talking about it, like I, I get it more. It, it allows like a more, especially if you care, uh, especially with what you guys are doing, it allows people um, like something to see that people care. Like some, not just like, yeah. not just uh, like, uh, like window dressing, like a lot of, a lot, of, a lot of things that are weird, especially in like the hiring processes out there, a lot of companies will say like, we value uh, people and everyone has a voice and all these other things, but like, how do you demonstrate it? And uh, what's nice about what you guys are building is that it, a, a, someone could ask like, hey, do you have this type of thing? Do you have psych insights on, on your Slack or whatever? Do you have something like that? And if they say no, it's like, oh, would you think about having that? And if they're like, no, why would we care about that? It's like, okay, exactly. you can kind of like see through it, right? Um, yeah. Because a, a lot of people are... Um, like pitching or messaging, you know, it's like first date stuff where like, it's, mm -hmm. it's honestly better just to be yourself and to, you know, transparently demonstrate, you know, we care about our team. And, and the only way you can build anything interesting is if you first take care of yourself and the team and then work on building something great. Like you can't, I always make it the analogy to like a bridge. And I don't know maybe if you like this analogy, but um, to build a bridge from one side to the other, you first have to start with your side. You can't really work on that person's side yet like on the company side or the, the thing you're building until your, your, your sides have been paved. Yeah. Like people can get to it. There's, you know, OSHA compliance and all these other things. Um, but the, for sure. I, I love that analogy, by the way, that's really, and also it just shows like how you have to kind of work on your own. Like every issue that you are dealing with as a person is issues that will shine through in your leadership style. Um, mm -hmm. and so just trying to, sort through that stuff, talk to somebody, <laughs> reflect a little bit. And yeah, it, it, it's good analogy for sure. Yeah. Do you think the, um, do you think Psych Insights could take, let's say like I, I was a, an employee, like employee 12 at a small startup and I had like a low EQ manager and I got them to be interested in this. Do you think it'll eventually be able to help that low EQ manager see the, the value of what EQ can bring to the organization? And, you know, if so, how would for that sure. kind of how would you think that would work? Yeah, so that's that's an excellent question. It's also just like one that we know is definitely on target for what we want to be achieving. Essentially, like the goal with Kona is to kind of provide executive coaching to the entire the entirety of middle management that companies can't really afford to give support to. Not everybody can afford an executive coach for every single person. And so how do we do that? It's 
the the low EQ managers are the ones that need it. But we, what we've noticed so far is that like they're also the least likely to pick up Kona. That kind of like, why would I care about this sort of thing is the attitude that is pushing them away from trying out EQ and really practicing it in the first place. Eventually, however, we want to create features that are so easy to use and also like almost curriculum based. And so we kind of are thinking of like a habit training model where you, you want to improve your EQ, great. Let's start out with like a red, yellow, green check-in and like, let's do a little bit of like either reading or videos, but maybe watch something that'll teach you about why building psychological safety on your team is a really important thing and how it starts with kind of a check-in. Okay, great. Now next let's talk about like adapting to people's work styles or maybe giving better feedback and coursework plus like this regular habit that you're just integrating into your Slack, your Jira, your Zoom, et cetera, that will help managers across the board just build their EQ regardless of their stage and kind of get up that Maslow's hierarchy of needs to like becoming a more enlightened manager as we like to call it. Is, um, will there be potential for employees themselves to directly get, like have the similar mechanisms to be better teammates? For sure, for sure. This is not just like a manager tool, it's for everybody, but we definitely see right now as managers as the driver. So like mm -hmm. managers take the first step of leading this habit, the rest of the team kind of follows suit and everybody benefits as a result. Yeah, the I, I've worked I worked at a number of teams and I just echo this for people listening in. I, I'd be surprised if, if there aren't people who've, who, who can, as we're talking, think of it, a low EQ manager, who, you know, you know, never cared if you were sick and, you know, expected all these things. Like everyone has these horror stories. And if, if you don't like, you know, uh, you're extremely lucky and I'm, I'm happy for you. You know, keep, keep, you know, take Sykes uh, uh, um, app, get on Slack and then, you know, use it because you want to keep that foundation going strong. Um, is there, um, for sure. what, what, do, what do you think 2021 is going to look like? Like, what do you got, what are your, your objectives in terms of like, you know, um, what benefit you think you're going to have to the remote community or uh, anything like that? Yeah, I think like 2021 is going to be filled with a lot of rapid growth. We're going to bring on those two new hires for engineering, and it's really going to help us like uh, flesh out the entire habits library that we're trying to create. Um, we're still trying to figure out exactly like what is going to be, I guess, the top three habits that we're focusing on for 2021, whether it's like wellness and maybe reminding people to like even stand and get out of their house. Like I know I haven't left my apartment in a few days and that unfortunately like LA currently is in lockdown, SF is entering its own lockdown. It does seem like COVID is going to be like a, the star of the show again for 2021. And so helping people um, work through this very lengthened social experiment that we've been ex experiencing is going to be super crucial and super crucial for companies to retain their, their team and make sure that people have wellness. Um, really focusing on like mindfulness and trying to figure out how people can um, essentially help their teams be self-aware enough to figure out where their weak spots and blind spots may be and then working towards that. And then also just creating a lot more actionability, making it so we're not just telling you facts of like, this is the EQ habit that you should be doing, but actually like helping you actually take advantage of that, take a part of it and really incorporate that into your everyday work. Um, and so for product, that's probably what it's gonna look like. I would imagine that, and our goals currently are to have a lot more customers on the platform and have more paying customers. We think that like Kona starts at the bottom. And so we, we get one EQ manager who gets it, who knows that EQ is important. And then from there, it's a pretty sticky product that will like, like red, yellow, green's already showing signs of stickiness inside companies where they can start to roll out to different orgs. And then hopefully we can have company-wide rollouts that actually have an entire company all checking in with each other for red, yellow, green check-ins and all checking in with each other for personality and really getting a lot more emotional intelligence across the board, not just a great team, but like a great company is kind of the idea. Awesome. The one thing that I thought was really interesting when, it, when we were using it was the ability to speed up onboarding. So when people, when people for, like when you're you know, talking about hiring, when you come into a new place, it takes a, it takes people, you know, two weeks to maybe, you know, several months before they really get a sense, not just like how things work, but like how people work, how they individually work. And so I really sure. like the ability to, um, like expedite that, like, you know, create excuses to see how people work and, you know, how they're doing and, um, and, and see that for themselves. So I, uh, is there, um, do you guys see yourselves continuing to develop that as well? Or is that just like going to be a natural byproduct? That's definitely going to be, or thinking about whether or not it's going to be kind of like a, a byproduct or if it's going to be a habit that we actually enforce. One thing that's interesting is like 
The trouble with onboarding for managers is that it's a headache because I have this perfect team. They gel really nicely. Oh, we have to add in another person. How can I ensure that we don't break our culture? We only add to it. And it's much easier said than done. Like you said, it takes about like two weeks to several months to like truly onboard somebody. And so Kona, like our first step was kind of the personality. The AI will analyze your Slack workspace, provide you with personality insights that you can vet and then becomes kind of the source of truth for your entire team. And really kind of having a third party, even like a bot asking what your work style is, is a lot less awkward than maybe a manager doing it. And it helps everybody really get on the same page and get on the right footing. So really trying to build up more onboarding and also create more cadences for like, hey, you have this new team member, check in with a manager or like see how they're doing with this. And kind of like having Kona do a lot more smart prompting is definitely gonna be on the roadmap for 2021. Mm -hmm. I definitely would recommend work rules. There's a bunch of really similar ideas in there that I think you you, you might really enjoy. Um, For sure. Is there is there something you're, like you personally, is there something that you're really excited to see in terms of like how it can affect people's lives? So like one, you know, uh, a feature that's coming out or one aspect of what it's being built um, that's going to, that you think is going to drive a result that you're really excited about in particular? Insane? Uh, I think more recently, and just because we're releasing this feature right away, but it's kind of this mood wheel, um, and it's kind of fleshing out our white, like red, yellow, green check-ins to be a lot more nuanced. Um, and so we are asking like, oh, you're feeling red. Is it because you're experiencing grief? Is it isolation? Are you feeling like depression symptoms? Like what, what's really, and it's kind of raw for some manager to be asking these sort of things and for it to be available for the entire team. But with that transparency, Kona can do a lot more. So once we have an idea of like, okay, 50% of your team was tired this week and they kept marking yellow because they were tired, then Kona can start recommending exercises that the manager can encourage to help with tiredness, to really help the team with that certain issue. If it's if the issue is isolation, the manager can immediately remediate with like some sort of maybe like get together. They can do like a pizza party together, something that helps gel the team together again. So I'm just really excited for that new feature that we're rolling out because it'll create a lot more cause and effect for helping managers figure out what the pain points are, removing those blockers and helping their team build culture a lot tighter. Oh, that um, sounds awesome. Yeah. Excited uh, for that. When is it going to, is it already out or is it going to come up in like the next feature release? Literally, it could be out as early as tomorrow. I need to talk to Sid and Andrew, make sure I didn't shoot them in the foot there, but it's already it's already built. So we just are testing it out with our beta class and then we'll release it with everybody soon. You know, uh, Edison would do this thing where he'd say, we have this, we're building this thing. And then everyone would be like, oh no, now we have to go build it. So it's, 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 it's okay. <laughs> it's already built. I yeah, 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 it's already built for sure. I'm just not quite sure exactly when it's going to be released because we always want to make sure it's like not poked holes with bugs and stuff. But yeah, could definitely. this could this be used to identify, you know, high EQ individuals on the team? So like, if there was like, I imagine this is like a, like a series of uh, nodes in a web with like, um, like all the data you're taking, getting like a summary of like positive negatives in terms of like people promoting and being helpful to develop the specific work cultures and stuff like that. Um, we, but is it, is it yeah. possible to do stuff like that? Like to identify, like, cause there's always, there's like the 80, 20, there's the, 80, 20 analysis, like we're at 20%, 20% of a population does 80% of the results. So it kind of mm -hmm. helps identify the people who are really driving, um, you know, an EQ driven uh, work culture. For sure. Yeah. We've been thinking actually a lot about like network graphs and I like in, in ecosystems, there's like keystone species. So kind of figuring out your like culture keystones, let's just say of like, who, who are the people that are holding all these nexuses together and how can you make sure that like, you can almost like relay information through these nexuses too. If they if they are truly like pins of the culture, if you are trying to do uh, like maybe some sort of rollout or maybe cultural change, you target those pins. And so we we definitely can do that, but we're just trying to figure out how to do it and how far to go into it because we want to make sure that we we empower companies with transparency, but we also don't encourage some sort of like punishment and or just sort of um, infringement on any sort of like privacy of like interaction and such. So just trying to explore that right now. Yeah. But makes yeah, sense. Yeah, for, uh, just in terms of my thoughts, as I'm hearing it, the, I would see it as a, an opportunity if they're like someone wasn't doing as well, I would pair them with someone who's doing really, really well. And then, mm -hmm. and then talk to that person to help coach them to get better. Cause the, sure. um, if you can take someone that let's say is like a one out of 10 and you, and you can like bring them up to a five out of 10, that's a, that's a five, that's a five X increase. And then they're yeah. happier and then everyone else is around happier. Um, exactly. 
And actually, I love that. Sorry to cut you off. I love that you bring that up, though, just because it's already shown that like negative, like kind of negative emotions, negative negativity in general is very contagious. And so once you have maybe like, let's just say a negative aspect, somebody that's kind of bringing negative energy into an entire network, it actually moves into other parts of the network and starts to contaminate your culture. And so nipping that in the bud early and not necessarily, it's not about removing people. It's all about figuring out what's bothering this person and what needs to be changed. Because people usually, if they're still working at the company, it means they believe in something. And so figuring out what they believe in, how to like reinvigorate that and help them makes everybody win at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's like, a, like, an, like an illness. If you think of like COVID, it spreads. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, misery loves company. I guess um, one thing that I know a lot of, especially like tech companies, I, I think most of them have like a really hard line in terms of like you can't be a jerk to, to work there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then every now and again, like there's like a person who like sneaks in. Could this be like a jerk detector? If there's like a person who's like bullying people, would this be able to like find it? Find like a bullying person? Yeah. The hope is that we never like hire a jerk, right? But sometimes (laughs) stuff happens. And I will say also, it's also dangerous to hire people that are too nice to each other. We'll use nice as a very like overarching term, but personalities that are too similar also don't really benefit organizations. So maybe Mm -hmm. you do need somebody who's more cynical or practical, but we can definitely do kind of conflict management based off of tone analysis of like, hey, where are conversations like like flagging certain things and then realizing like who is driving the flagging and maybe figuring out ways to like either help them with their communication style maybe something's not like meshing there or like helping just talking to them (laughs) and figuring out what's what's up that would definitely be something that we can work on great um all right so what um uh, i know we're coming to the end uh what one thing that I always like to ask people, especially after we, we just spend like uh, a long time hearing about, you know, solutions and ideas for these big problems is to hear like, what, what is a quite, what is a question you have that you do not have the answer to? It can be, it can be small. It can be big. One I used to ask just to uh, model it is um, I used to wonder what, what existed before the big bang. So like if I went back in time and I like put my finger in the big bang and stopped it from, from happening, that wouldn't work. But uh, like what would be here? Uh, and then a nice physicist reached out to me and explained it to me. I couldn't replicate it, but basically it, it like, I mean, uh, what anyway, anyways, um, I won't, I won't get distracted like the turkeys. The, uh, what, what is a question that you have that you wonder about? Um, it could be a series of questions. It could be one question that maybe someone listening could help you out with. For sure. Uh, sorry, I'm going to need like a minute to think about that, but I do think. No rush. I kind of want to know, maybe based off past experience, because to be perfectly honest, I haven't worked for that long. <laughs> um, I just kind of graduated. But uh, what what was your experience, if if any of you out there have had maybe that low EQ manager that we were referring, refer, referring to earlier, what drives that kind of behavior? And like, why do people think that low EQ works better than high EQ? And why is that part so part of our culture? And I guess like, what... If there are benefits to low EQ, I'd love to know them too, just to know like, what do, what do people fear about losing out when they are trying to be a little bit more harsher or leading with fear? I think that's something that like, we focus so much on like the positive result, but I don't really think we give enough attention to like why the traditions now are the way they are. So yeah, also this could be like stories. So if you just have a story of a manager that was really shit to you and you wanna, you wanna send me an email about it, would love to hear that too. But yeah, I would just love to know like, get into the head of somebody who has low EQ and kind of figure out what their world's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be super helpful. And whoever has the worst story uh, uh, w- will help you convince your boss <laughs> to get, to get <laughs> We'll uh, also just give you a big fat, like, I'm so sorry. Like that sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, are there, um, are there particular watering holes in terms of like where you go to learn on the internet that you'd recommend people check out? Ooh, um, so far it's been really, really helpful to, we have, we have great, like, like people that we're currently partnering with. So if you like, uh, want to learn from like an executive coach who writes a lot on this topic, Janine Davis is like lovely and she writes a lot extensively on this topic. I can throw her blog in here too. Um, Robin Ward is another one. We absolutely love, not only does she help advise us on the product, but she just creates some great content around this sort of space. Um, 
I would definitely recommend like Brene Brown, by the way, has been fantastic. Like she has covered anything from like just she studies relationships and like vulnerability in leadership in general. So that has been amazing. Um, I think like for other EQ things, definitely. Yeah, honestly, if you have any recommendations for me, I'm also all ears. That That's what comes to mind right now. I'm sure I'm going to like think of 20 more after this mm -hmm. call hangs up. But yeah, yeah that, it's always that way. The, uh, I think some that some that I really enjoy are um, A Man Search for Meaning by Victory Frankl. Ooh, it's a, yes. It's a, yeah. it's a pretty heavy one, but there's a lot of really interesting things there. Like, um, like active listening, for instance, is really mm -hmm. interesting if you notice people's pauses. Mm -hmm. uh, like how people, like the pause between like what people say or what people do and how you respond to it, like that pause is basically how people define themselves. Mm -hmm. And so if you, if you listen to the pause and how people respond to it, you can kind of see who they are. Um, but like, I got that from that book. Um, yeah, my, Franklin, uh, go ahead. My, my best friend was just reading that and she told me she sobbed for a while. So yeah, that's a, that's a heavy one, but definitely. Yeah, it, it is not a, it's very heavy. It's if, if you, if you like things that will, you know, crush your soul, but like most, you know, with, I was thinking like a soul crushing, but then it's like, you can make diamonds if you get compressed enough. Uh, so maybe there's some, you know, benefit there. There's uh, what dream, what dreams may come by with Robin Williams. And it's a guy who basically goes, uh, through a lot of stuff. Um, but it's, it, there's some interesting parables that I like in there. And then there's the fountain by Hugh Jackman, but they're like, if you really like get a bunch of people and watch those movies, it, you'll, you'll, you'll bond by the end of it. <laughs> They're pretty intense. Um, but in, term, in terms of books, um, Team of Rivals is really fantastic with Abram Lincoln. Hmm. Yeah. And then uh, I'm looking behind me at my library. Yeah. I'd, I'd say those two. Uh, Franklin, Team of Rivals. Uh, yeah. Those are the ones that really pop in my mind. I have one on my desk right now that's called Reboot. And it's about like, it's like the CEO whisperer and how to like kind of get your shit together, um, like mentally, so you can lead people seems to be the premise. So I haven't read it yet, but I've heard good things. Mm -hmm. Well, the, in terms of, there's like a, a trilogy of books that I think I, I link them in terms of theme of how to work with people and communicate well, uh, which is, uh, Franklin, Franklin by Walter Isaacson, Hamilton by Chernow and, uh, Washington by Chernow. And basically you have Washington who was really good. Like Washington only became who he was by listening to people. When he, when like right Super before cool. the revolutionary war happened, he just met like a thousand people. And so when the revolutionary war happened, he just showed, he didn't say a word at the the Congress and people were like, we're going to put that guy in charge. Cause he already met everyone, like how to communicate yeah. effectively and keep a, he was a very like hot tempered guy. And then if anyone's ever mm -hmm. listened to the Hamilton's uh, musical, you know, Hamilton's a very hot tempered guy. He gets shot for it. Um, yeah. And so you can see the negative sides of being, you know, Hamilton probably was a low, low IQ manager in terms of like how you treat people. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't super nice to Aaron Burr or Aaron Burr wasn't super nice either. So yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, I met a Hamilton descendant. I was pretty excited about it. Um, wow. Yep. Uh, and uh, well, a bunch of them came out to Illinois, like the, the descendants. And then the last one for is sure. um, Franklin, who that guy, go like what's really cool about his, his book is um, you go from, you see a guy who's an idiot. Like he got stuck in, he, he went like a guy tricked him into going to uh, England and he didn't see through that. The guy was just trying to feel, you know, big, like he'd back him. And then he had to like work his way to get back to America. But there was, a, there were so many different instances of Franklin just stumbling and being just not uh, paying attention to the details in terms of how to communicate. And by the end of his life, he was so good at listening to people's pauses and listening to people, how, what, what actually people cared about that he was the reason that France came in and, and, and stopped the English from beating up the Americans. Um, but you go from a guy who literally like got taken advantage of left and right, got his brother beating him with a stick because he didn't like what he was doing um, to the guy who brought in, you know, the French and the, like the French really had no reason to want to do that. Like it didn't make sense. Um, so those three books are pretty great. I love how we're like throwing it back to the founding father fathers. I love that. Um, yeah. And I think that Franklin's story, based on what you've said, is just highlighting that really key factor that EQ is something that you work on and something that you work on improving. It's not something that you just like, it's not like somebody has a higher propensity for EQ than another person or that like somebody is just like 
born to be more empathetic. Like empathy is a skill and we learn it. Um, and it's a skill that helps us in every aspect of how we connect with people. And so yes and yes, yeah, makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense. The, are there particular quotes that you think about a lot? Like any phrases or passages, even if in paraphrasing that you think about and chew through in your daily life? Oh God. <laughs> I don't, I feel like it's a bad English major thing to say no. Like I, I love that T.S. Eliot quote where it's like, I measured my life in coffee spoons, but usually that's the only one living in my brain rent-free. Like all the other ones kind of, um, yeah, I'll, I'll need to think about that and kind of get back to you. I'm sure there's some that have definitely like stood the test of time, but I need to like, yeah, I don't really think in quotes as much as I probably should. Oh, no, that's just, I have a weird memory. I. I have like four or five that just rattle in my head all the time. I'm currently thinking about Hengelian dialectics, but that uh, is a story for another time. Um, so you guys are hiring, got a lot of great stuff coming out. If you're a, if you're a business and you want to check it out, you guys can go to the, you know, Sykes website. It's going to be in the, in the, the, the uh, show description. You can also just look at Kona in um, Slack, right? Or do you, are you guys prim primarily in Slack or do you do other things yet? I don't think we're officially in the Slack store, so probably the website's going to be best. Okay. We've been, we've had to, you would have to jump through a lot of hoops, so we've kind of held off on that for now. But yeah, please just visit the website, sikeandsites.com. <laughs> um, yeah, and you'll be able to see like the entire, you'll, you can download it right off the website and get a free trial. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, I remember that's how I, I set it up. And then uh, Slack was like, do you really want to do this? It hasn't been approved. And, and it, and I tried it out and it, nothing bad happened. <laughs> so it's all good. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah. Slack definitely makes people kind of like side eye and be like, uh, is this legit? But yeah, or it's just a dog that helps you be grow your EQ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, nothing just about it. It's fantastic. Um, all right. Then <laughs> the, uh, uh, thanks for coming out. And um, is there, as a, as a last uh, thing, is there anything that you'd like to leave people to think about, to wonder about, uh, um, like a challenge for people? First off, thanks so much for having me. And I think the second challenge is just kind of, um, hmm, is there, yeah, I think like one thing that I've been, especially like post Thanksgiving, I feel like this season makes us a lot more reflective on the people in our lives. So if there's anybody in your life that you haven't said thank you yet, or thank you, to yet or that you appreciate them i challenge you to do that because like not only does it give you a lot of dopamine yourself but it also just helps with all your relationships so yeah if there's somebody in your life that really has made a difference even in the smallest sense like i challenge you to go say thank you to them all right and that was Kryn of psych insights uh, i hope everybody enjoyed that episode i know i did and i can vouch for what she's built i used it myself and i really liked how it quickens how quickly people could empathize and understand each other. So when you start a new team, you're kind of wondering, you know, who, who's who, how do you talk to them? You know, how do you navigate it? And this, this, her technology, her, her app integrates on Slack so easily, easily, it really helps with that. It cuts down like three months to like a week, really. And so I recommend checking it out. And if, if you do like it, you know, let me know and let her know. She, she'd love the feedback. And uh, remember this Learning Bowl show. So check us out. All the links will be in the show notes and I look forward to hearing from you guys next week.